Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to the Room 104 Podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalong. FM 104. It's Cormac and Saoirse here. And now, how would you feel if you were ever up in court or in some sort of dispute and it wasn't a human that was going to be presiding over your case and weighing up the facts and the pros and the cons to your arguments. It was going to be a robot. Yeah, I do find this really strange. I mean, I can understand it's the way the future is looking and it makes sense that, you know, there won't be any kind of um, judgment being made by a human. Maybe that might favour someone over another person. But how exactly is it going to work? I know, yeah. This this whole kind of idea of something as serious or as important as making a judgment on your life and whether you're going to go to prison or not being done by a robot, I'm like, oh my God, terrifying. But uh, some people are suggesting that that may be the future sooner rather than later. Joining us on the line now to talk a little bit more about how and why this actually could become a reality. He's the founder of the Hack Future Lab. He is a number one best-selling author and he uh, thinks a lot about the future and how technology might disrupt various different aspects of that. Joining us on the line now, tell us a little bit more about robotic judges. Terence Mary, sir, how are you? All right, so sad. Great to be on the show. Thanks a million for taking the time to speak to us. Now, this is obviously mind-blowing stuff. Um, how is this going to work? Look, it feels like science fiction has become science fact, doesn't it? The truth is it's already happening. So, for example, in China... Uh, AI judges have been dealing with online trade disputes, copyright cases since 2017. And also in Estonia, closer to home, there are AI judges already, uh, and they're being used to clear court backlogs. So it's, it's, it's kind of scary, isn't it? It's, I feel like I'm part of a, a, a Netflix Black Mirror film. <laughs> it, 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 it does sound like that. Are you, are you seriously saying that, like, these are already happening? And how exactly... It, D- does it work? It's, I mean, basically, today is the slowest it'll ever be in a lifetime. Um, just a couple of weeks ago, I received an email from the executive assistant. I thought she was human. When I got to speak to her boss, he confessed that she was AI. And actually, her name was Amy Ingram. You think about the initials of that, AI, Amy Ingram. And I just felt completely shocked. So it's already happening, and, and it's basically based on speed of processing power. Over the next eight years, we're going to go to 40 zettabytes. And in very simple terms, that is a lot of processing power. It's like a billion, billion of the best computers processing every nanosecond. So it's just a question of when. Now, I looked into this, obviously, and they're, they're checking kind of with cameras, your body language, your temperature, and that kind of thing. Like exactly. So, I mean, this is all, again, it's already happening to a degree. And I think 
pandemic has accelerated a lot of these trends. So you're going through an airport, they're using facial recognition, they're checking the temperature. Um, a couple of years ago, I visited Shenzhen, again in China. They're really uh, in the vanguard when it comes to facial recognition to the point where when you arrive at the airport, it automatically knows where you're from and starts to speak to you in your native tongue. That's incredible. It's, it just okay. seems a li- little bit terrifying that we're possibly in the future going to have robotic judges who are going to hand over or we're going to hand over something so crucial to, to a robot. Like, should we not be terrified and kind of saying, no, 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 let's stop. This is too far. I think we should. I, I think there's some big questions around ethics, around trust, around transparency. And I think this is a really important inflection point in the history of humanity. Because if we don't get the ethics right, if there's not strong accountability and transparency around this, you know, some big questions. Who gets to decide this? Who controls this? So these are questions that need to be addressed now. Uh, because if they're not, we might fall behind and never catch up. How accurate is this now? Or is there kind of, I know this is ongoing at the moment, but is there a human looking over this after the robot makes the decision? Yes. I mean, right now, humans are still very much part of that process. But here's a couple of interesting facts. I I discovered that, for example, um, there's a big study coming out of the US looking at the severity of sentences in court. Apparently, just before lunch and just before the end of the day, the severity of a sentence is much higher. What I'm saying is that the legal system to a large degree is broken and it's trapped in all sorts of dark blind spots and human biases. And we might look back in a hundred years time and think, wow, did we actually base our legal system around the flip of a coin? So right now, humans are still very much involved and I would foresee that for the next couple of decades. But I think that when the processing power gets fast enough, and that's already happening at scale, it's just a question of if you can get to the point where actually the accuracy is much higher and we remove all of these human biases, you might feel safer to be judged by an AI robot. And just yeah, I've heard of that before, the fact that maybe like the hungrier a judge is, the longer and the harsher yeah. the sentence might be. So hangry, hangry uh, biases are going to impact yeah. your, your sentencing. But I just, like, how would you envision a courtroom or uh, working with um, robotic AI judges? Well, imagine this legal setting. So, first of all, the AI judge would be positioned with this kind of uh, form of digital justice. The courtroom would probably be quite similar to what we have today, but there'd just be less human beings in there. I mean, we're going to get to the point, though, as well, and this is, this is you know, potentially dystopian and very futuristic, but do you, do you remember that film, The Minority Report, with Tom Cruise? It's you know, this kind of idea that we'll be able to anticipate a crime even before it happens. And I mean, this is, this, this is you know, scientific, yeah, science fiction. But I think, again, the, the only limit sometimes is our own imagination. And I think anything is possible. As the processing power continues to accelerate, I think we should be open to all types of scenarios. No, I definitely get that. And it makes sense to a certain extent, I guess. But I mean, you know, there obviously is going to be faults with the robot. There might be technical problems. People might be able to hack into them. These are some big risks that will need to be mitigated. We saw with all sorts, you know, the the Boeing Max 737, for example, where that was largely automated and there were massive problems there. We're seeing all sorts of examples of the risks of automation if there are problems. 
So that would need to be rectified. Saying that, we look at um, you know the rockets of Elon Musk, for example, and very quickly they've got to the point where they can shoot a rocket into space and then bring it back down to land in exactly the same spot. And now that's happening pretty much 100% accuracy. If you were ever uh, hypothetically involved uh, in a crime, let's say you were wrongly arrested for the murder of your best friend and you knew 100% you were innocent, would you, uh, Terence, now be happy to be in a AI robotic judge setting or would you not kind of like prefer a human? I would, I would prefer humans for sure. I would prefer humans. But if I think about my niece who's five-year-old, I call her the CTO, uh, child technology officer. I think most <laughs> families have got one. You know what I'm talking about if, yeah. you're, if, you're, if you're a parent. And if I think about her generation, that digital generation, that born digital, for them, they might think it unusual not to have an AI judge. So I, I'm a, I appreciate that this is, this is based on you know, where you're at in the life uh, and, your own, and your own kind of perspective. Personally, I prefer humans, even though I'm talking about this very much far into the future. If I look at my niece's generation, who knows? Yeah, I'm thinking, you know, when they're obviously looking at you through a camera or judging your body language and your speech and, and so on, there, there are going to be times that people overheat or, you know, <laughs> will stutter nervous. without it being a, a sign of guilt. I think you know, these are all potential challenges and blind spots that would have to be uh, you know, mitigated and completely neutralised before the system could be used fairly and legitimately. And I certainly want, wouldn't want to be part, you know, being in a lab, being tested, you know, having this uh, technology tested on me. But I think, again, if we can imagine it's 2070 and actually this technology is 100% bulletproof, who knows? Yeah. There was... Uh, there's always the concern and one of the main arguments is oh this is ai but this is and robotics and it's only as much ai as the humans who are programming it have and then there was a recent case with twitter were kind of caught in a little bit of an embarrassing situation with facial recognition that was it was only a couple of weeks ago preferencing white faces over black faces and there was huge issues there so how do we build something that we don't throw our own as you mentioned blind spots into it it's a such an important question and it comes back to this central thesis which is we need to ensure these continuous learning loops we need to stay curious and we need to be, have the humility the intellectual humility to be to be aware of our own blind spots i think it was a, um, a famous psychiatrist who said we're blind to our own blindness and sometimes those blind spots are incorporated into the technology so you know, there's a lot of work that needs to be done around that before we can start looking at this in a, in a really scalable way. Well, it's terrifying to think that this is going to be in our lifetime, maybe. Watch out. Watch out. If you receive an email from somebody called Amy Ingram. Oh, yeah. Just, just, just watch her. out for that. It's, it's, it's not human. <laughs> <laughs> so then, listen, Terence, before we let you go, we appreciate you having a chat with us this evening here yeah, about this. In your kind of view, what do you think maybe, we'll, we'll say short term, over the next five to ten years, what would you see as being some of the biggest disruptions to normal people's everyday life when it comes to technology? I, I think, you know, we're seeing some big ones already. So the announcement by the RAF of these new two billion um, euro fighter jets that will be flown by an AI virtual assistant. That's happening right now today. It's not uh, science fiction. We'll see a lot more of these virtual executive assistants like Amy Ingram, um, who I mentioned, 
And I think ultimately, what I would say to our listeners is, in the short term, we have the opportunity to elevate what makes us more human. What I mean by that is, when I think about most of my jobs in life, they've been very mechanical and routine. A lot of them really suck your soul. And I think if you could <laughs> automate the bits of the job that are repetitive and, no, and have no value to an AI assistant and then focus more on what you love and what, what makes you feel more alive, that could be a good thing. And that, for me, would be a, that's me putting on my tech optimist hat. Oh, the machines, it's not going to be Terminator 2. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> Lovely. Well, um, listen, if, if we ever get any, any uh, closer to these AI judges, we might give you a buzz back and see what's oh, going on. But Terence Mary, uh, you can check out his website. He uh, thinks and writes and produces a lot of stuff about the future and technology and AI and how we're all going to be, uh, let's say, optimistically screwed in the future. Yeah. No, we're not. It's, it's TerenceMary.com. But listen, sir, it's been an absolute terrifying pleasure, and we will chat <laughs> you again soon. Thanks so much. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.